Hi everyone, it's Ben here. Just a quick note before we get started. Some technical issues this week. Um, Skype neglected to work for a period of time. So we recorded the first part of this podcast on Zoom, the first sort of 10-15 minutes or so. Uh, and so the sound quality isn't quite what it normally is, but then Skype decided to start working again. So thank you Microsoft for that after about 10-15 minutes. So we switched back to that um, and the sound quality was basically back to normal. But yeah, apologies for um, a slightly less quality audio in the first 10-15 minutes, as I say. Right, let's get into it. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Cheers. Hello and welcome to BladesPod. It's Wednesday, 13th of January. My name is Ben and joining me to talk about a win again, two in like four days, is Andrew. How are you, mate? I've been worse, mate. What about you? <laughs> yeah, very buoyant this morning. What a what a, a great few days for United. Like so, so very needed, I think. And finally yes. got that first uh first Premier League win of the season. So yeah, five points, snap the chip forks. I don't know what um what the next random object that's uh, we're gonna be likened to. Yeah, the... we've got more points. How many how many I'm, hang on, how much is a fork? Is it four and a fork? <laughs> see, some I did see somebody post a picture of a fork that had uh, five prongs yesterday, but it, uh, yeah, it prongs, looks a bit that's weird. The I'm looking for, yeah. It looks a bit weird. I, I don't. I think <laughs> I think forks only have four prongs. I thought they were four. Yeah, yeah. This is important content to start. The podcast. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll come back to the fork chat later. Um, oh, a 1-0 win over Newcastle, a Premier League win, two wins in a row in all competitions, a clean sheet at last, the first clean sheet since July, since that Chelsea win. Um, and yeah, I think I think just a huge moment for the club, to be honest, in terms of like the well, the short-term future of the club. I mean, yeah. you know, you lose that game, then uh, we have a very tough run of fixtures coming up and it could very feasibly be... Uh, well, if you take it into account the three games last season, it could very easily be, you know, close to 25 games without a league win. Um, and, you know, we've, we've talked before about how that does make it difficult on the manager, I think, that kind of uh, that kind of run. So, yeah, just to kind of, um, you know, keep the, uh, just keep that record, basically press reset on all these terrible stats that we've had thrown at us for the last yeah. few months, I suppose. Well, I, said, I said to you, I... It's one win, but I feel so much more confident. I know it's ridiculous because it's one nil win against a really, really poor team uh, in Premier League standards. Anyway, but it, we looked. It wasn't just that. From what I, mean, I missed the first half, but I've seen back like the, the, the highlights and everything like that. And obviously, watched the second half, and we just looked. It looked like us last season, didn't it? It was as close to that as I've seen for a long time. Yeah, certainly, certainly with the ball. I don't think we we defended quite as well, maybe. But um, yeah, no, that's, that is very true. I think I mean it's understandable that we're panicking at the end, undoubtedly. I think mm. in a normal circumstance, we probably win that game two and L fairly comfortably. But obviously, with the whole the you know the thing about not having a first having a win and all this, it's understandable that the you know that the nerves are going to be jangling and, yeah. and we're going to make clearances and all this sort of stuff. But I thought realistically, their their only chance that I saw in the second half, this is, it was Bogle's whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, it was always going to end this way. I think there was. Yeah. I, I never thought it was going to be like you know we'll just 
beat someone three 0 and that'll be our first win. That kind of thing. It yeah. just it, the closer you get to the the finish line with something. I, I want to say monumental here, but it is monumental for our club. I mean, you know, I'm sure if you're yeah. a fan of any other team in the Premier League, you'd laugh at that kind of thing. But just getting that one win and knowing there is a number one in the W column now is a big deal to us. Absolutely huge, because we're not going to make history in that sense. And I know it sounds ridiculous. And, you know, I've seen people say like, oh, we could start a run now and stay up. I don't think that's going to happen. But it gives us something, doesn't it, to build. And it gives us a starting block. No one's going to be saying, oh, we're... I'm doing the view from every week. We're not going to be, oh, we're going to be the first team. It was huge, I felt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so all those starts, you know, no win for however many games, no clean sheet for however many games, no home win in uh, in ever so long as well. I mean, it was we were in line to lose uh, six straight league home games for the first time since the 1890s, I think, Opta tweeted Yeah, that that's one. right, yeah, yeah. That's a long time ago. <laughs> you know, yeah. we've had some pretty <laughs> bad United teams in that last 130 years, so uh, it was good to knock that one off. Um, and yeah, I just thought it's so vital to get some out of it for, for the confidence of the players, for the manager and his, as I say, his short-term future, which obviously then impacts on the medium and long-term future of this club as well. But... I think it means a lot to us as well, doesn't it? You and I, and uh, you know all the uh, all the listeners out there, all the Blades fans. I mean, it was um, it was just delightful seeing such an outpouring of joy and relief. I think at the end, and I think the night. way we did it as well, it wasn't uh, wow, we scraped a one 0 But you know, if we'd have beat Brighton, for instance, we'd have been delighted. Mm-hmm. But it would have been a back to the wall sort of one of those weird games that you get every now and again, the 10 main, you know, defends well and gets the win. This yeah. was good. This was actually a good performance. It was a good performance. It was a, a very deserved win. Um, we, I don't totally want to do this because I want to talk about how good we were and how great it feels and everything like that and all the good, you know, all the good performances from last night. But I do think we need to say that Newcastle were and are awful. Um, are. Like a really, really bad team. Very, very satisfying to beat them after last season. And, and I don't uh, know how the team stays up. We've talked about it so many times. Mm. Even last night, I just can't believe they turned up to a team with no confidence, no wins, a bad Premier League team, the worst Premier League team as mm-hmm. it stands uh, of all time, or it was at that point. Anyway, in terms of like what points we were due to get, and they've basically set up with ten men behind the ball. It was shocking. I mean, they picked five at the back, and they had two holding midfielders. I mean. Yeah. Against us, we are the the lowest scorers in the league. As you said, we're, uh, you know, uh, the, historically the worst team. Even even with this win, I uh, I did a quick calculation because I wanted to know if uh, if the end of the season now and did a points per game calculation, how many points would we have at the end of the season? Fortunately, it would still be less than eleven. So we still, yeah, even yeah. with this win, we're on pace to be the worst Premier League team of all yeah. time. Um, but yeah, so satisfying to beat them after last season after Bruce's last three misery jobs on us. Basically, I mean. You know, his uh, we have obviously beaten Steve Bruce as uh, as as manager from various other teams. Villa, obviously, most recently. But the um, the last three times he's managed a team against us, we haven't scored, and mm. we haven't looked like scoring for long stretches of those. The first Newcastle game we did, but then ran out of ideas. I think. Yeah. And yeah. there are teams as we talked about. They just have this weird voodoo factor of being absolutely dreadful and. You know, if there's any, I don't know why there would be, but if there are any Newcastle fans listening to this, I'm sure they would be nodding along in agreement because that's yeah. that's all I see from them. They are fully aware of how bad they are, and yet they still get results season after season. But I can only imagine what it is: is the the defending such numbers that sometimes teams can't break them down because we we struggled second half for it looked for a bit. I think up to I don't know 60th, 70th minute yesterday, 
just before Sharp's penalty, really, were you thinking, have we run out of ideas here? A bit? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So they stay in games long enough. And then I suppose when St. Maximum's fit and uh, Almiron and uh, obviously Callum Wilson, they've got players who can hurt you. See, but they are appalling. I, I think I've seen them in the past two seasons where I've watched more Premier League football than ever because we've been in the Premier League. I've genuinely seen them play well once and that were against us. And I don't even know if they were that good in that game, to be honest. The three uh, nil where we shot ourselves in the foot repeatedly. Yeah, yeah and the first half before we had we, before we went down to ten men, it was just an even game, a, a bad game. Yeah, indeed. I I just thought um, you know as much as I enjoyed last night and uh, I did for long stretches, and then I also uh, had a horrible time <laughs> watching it in the I second did, half. Like... I did not enjoy anything from <laughs> basically. From, like I said, going from work, I watched the entire second half. I don't think I enjoyed any of it. I think I enjoyed. <laughs> Performance, but not. I, I think every, we were all doing the same, saying one nil less than Newcastle. We know what's coming. Do you know, what I mean? we're having that many chances and getting that many good positions. And, mm. and it wasn't even bad finishing. Like I said, I've seen the highlights back and everything. I don't think it was bad finishing or anything. I think it's just a bit of luck, which Newcastle seem to get all the time mm. when I see them. These weird bobbles that they get, which just sort of, you know, trickles one way or another. Even Bruce in the second half with that shot, it would have been a lucky goal because it took a deflection, but it hit the inside of the post. You know, yeah. And not just that, but it bounces back into the keeper's arms. We had three exactly. players it could have ricocheted to for a tap-in. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But yeah, so, you know, as much as I enjoyed it, I do think we need to say that Newcastle basically played as, as badly as they could play, as they were the most yeah. obliging opponent, I would say since, certainly since the championship, I think. Like, you know, mm. they gave us... We a championship game a lot, the, the yeah. season we got promoted, a lot. It was more like a championship game than a Premier League game in terms of we just completely dominated... Yeah, it was... And stuff, and, and we used to miss a lot of chances in the championship, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, they, they allowed us so much time on the ball and, you know, posed almost zero threat on the counter-attack. I mean, a couple of breaks in the first half, um, but otherwise absolutely nothing. I mean, you know, there was there was a couple of times where they had Wilson and Fraser stood on the halfway line. Their other nine players were in their own penalty area. Yeah. It was just... Oh, they, they're really, really bad. But they were really bad last season as well. And they took six points off us and we didn't right. score against them. And last season, we, excuse me, last night, we carved them open time after time. And yeah, the only frustration is we only scored one goal and that comes from a penalty. And um, yeah, it just, uh, the fact it just stayed at one goal, like we talked about mm-hmm. it, like, I mean, I said, dude, there's just no way this game finishes one nil. Like it's, we're going to have a panic moment. And uh, we we did have a panic moment. Unfortunately, it didn't go in the back of the net. You say, well, one nil, and it was a penalty, and people look at that and say, oh, and it were a VAR decision and all this. But realistically, another day, don't like that Lundstrom one in the first half. It's just still don't know how that didn't go in. To be honest, no, um, me neither. Runs across, and then you've got uh, obviously Bogle's chance, and you win three or four nil on a, on, a, on another day. So I don't. I'm not going to read too much into that sort of. Oh, we didn't score from open play because. I felt we were really unlucky not to score from open play. Yeah, indeed. Um, Burke starts instead of Moussa, but otherwise it's the same team as the Bristol Rovers win, which I was uh, I was quite pleased with that. Um, you know, yeah, I'd have gone with that team. Yeah, uh, not a single midfielder on the bench, which kind of says it all about the uh, the paucity of our options at the yeah, moment. Although, Jack anyone know where Jack Robble is? He is he has gone missing. Um, yeah, I've I've no idea at all. But yeah, once once again, we're not naming a uh, a full subs bench. No. Um, but yeah, I uh, I mean, as you kind of said earlier, I mean, I, I do think that was as close to anything we produced last season with the ball. Certainly, just like 
almost the entire team playing with total confidence and like with speed as well like, you know movement of uh, of players and the ball as well a lot of a uh, lot of first time passes switching play around players getting forward McGoldrick getting on the ball it was um yeah that first half was a everything but the finish kind of performance which is yeah. I, I guess part of the problem with our season you know in that we we have played well in limited stretches and not taken chances is like compounded the fact that we've also played badly for very long stretches as well but yeah yeah that's it, was... it. That's, this, that's the thing for me it's not just the win it's that we look like a decent team again mm. and that's what for me that's the entire season now that's what it's all about it's not about can we stay up? I don't, we're not going to stay up realistically. We're not going to win 10 out of the last 20 games or whatever we need to do. But if we can go in... I mean, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to pose this question to you, actually. Can can you go down on a high? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, and I, this is what I'm aiming for. This is what I'm hoping we win six or seven. Even if, I mean, it's not... You know, that's quite a big ask in the Premier League to do in 20 games. Mm. If we can do that and get to, like, 20-summit points, I'd be really excited about next season if we can carry on that sort of form as we did yesterday. Yeah, if we, I mean, if we got to 20 points, you're looking at almost a point per game for the rest of the season, yeah. I- including last night's game. Um, that's that's all right. I mean, you know, that that would be a relegation fight extrapolated over the whole season, but mm. it's, it's probably a relegation fight that you'd win as well. And yeah, just... It's a competitive Premier League team going into a championship if you carry, if you do that. Yeah, I, I think you uh, I think you can get relegated with confidence. It's, I can't actually think of any examples, though, bizarrely. Um, <laughs> yeah. That is not you normally go down in heartbreak in the last day. Or the only other time we've done that is uh, where we've gone down a bit earlier is Mickey Adams in my lifetime, and um, that was terrible. You know, we were <laughs> we were awful. So yeah, I feel like didn't we win and get relegated in that one? Like we won the game, but other results went the other no, way. No, we drew with Barnsley. Ah, and that was what sent us down, was it? Okay. Always, oh, we sent you down, so we're already down. Yeah, the result <laughs> against us anyway, even if we'd have won. So. <laughs> Excellent. Um, back to last night. Only the second time this season we've put up an expected goals higher than two all season. Uh, mm. And also the second most shots we've had. Obviously, the West Brom game accounts for the other ones of those. But yeah, yeah just um, we just looked really dangerous. I thought, um, you know, the whole midfield three... Uh, I thought Bogle was really good, like getting forward. Osborne as well, you know, was afforded that kind of space that we talked about against Bristol Rovers. Yeah. I thought Burke and Burke and McGoldrick worked well because you got Burke sort of uh, stretching them with a the ball down the sides and over the top, and McGoldrick drifting into space. And yeah, I, I mean, when I when I saw that they were going with their sort of five at the back, I was like, we're not, mm. we're going to really struggle. This is a you know. A nil-nil written all over it, probably. I thought it was going to be a terrible match. I mean, like mm. I say, we're at work, and I wasn't sort of at work thinking, oh, I'm going to miss this game. I'm thinking, well, I'm probably not going to miss much, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. But, but you, you missed plenty, yeah. Lundstrom I did. Uh, curled one wide, uh, and then one even wider on the other side. Yeah, um, yeah i seen that, yeah. The one you mentioned earlier, I I just don't know how this wasn't an own goal. Um, I think, you know... Lundstrom probably needs to throw himself at the ball a little bit, but I don't think he's expecting the defender to, you know, running towards his own goal and the ball, like, essentially on the goal line, somehow slice it wide. I just, yeah. I mean, that was just classic I, I, I Newcastle. Don't know. I'm not, I've only seen, I'm, I've not seen a replay of it, I don't think. I think I've just seen it sort of in real time, so. Yeah, well, he, he's, I, I'm not sure he gets much contact on it at all. Um, I think it's Fernandez, the defender. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those where uh, McGoldrick puts that ball across and you're just thinking, like, there's no way this 
doesn't get turned in somehow, and yet it did. Um, McGoldrick himself had headed one over from a, a brilliant cross from Ampadu, who uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Burke got in on goal, but got well tackled, like right at the end. Great bit of play from Burke, actually. A really, you know, again when we've talked about his like technical abilities, it's a brilliant first touch that allows it mm. to allows it to come under control, and then. Yeah, it's a slightly heavy second touch, but sort of out of necessity, really, to nudge it away from the defender. Um, yeah. And yeah, Bogle like goes on a dribble and has a shot pretty well saved as well. It gets kind of pushed straight past Osborne rather than into his path, that kind of thing. Um, Newcastle had had one good chance in the half when Callum Wilson headed one over. But yeah, apart from that, they barely left their half. I think there was one other break that ended with... Um, Osborne making like a slide tackle to block a shot. Yeah, but that was it. I mean, as I but this said... is what I want to mention as well because I'm sure from the outsider's view, they think people will be saying, "Well, yeah, Newcastle went down to ten men, then they got a mm. goal. We were better with ten men by all when they had eleven men, should I say, by all accounts." And the possession stats even in the first half were ridiculously in our favour. And yeah, I think we. I think in it, I'm not saying playing into Newcastle's hands having ten men, but Newcastle when they when they, when they had a man sent off, I think I might have messaged you and I said, well, nothing really is going to change here because Newcastle is going to do what Newcastle do. They yeah. just have one less man in the box defending. Well, no, probably not even that. It was just one less man up front, wasn't it? Because obviously, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was just Wilson up front on his own. But no, you're right. I um, well, we get to that now actually. Yeah, so uh, old Fraser Fraser as we called him last week, or, yeah, um, yeah. or Ryan Fraser is actually called who. I don't think we mentioned this, but we don't like Ryan Fraser, do we? He's, we he's no. one of the more annoying opponents we've gone up against in the last 18 months or so. Um, two very dumb tackles, which both of which were very clear yellow cards, both within like three or four minutes of each other. Yeah, I've not seen the first one. I've only seen the second one, to be fair. Well, if you've seen the second one, you've seen the first one, basically. <laughs> it, was, it was almost exactly the same spot on the pitch as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, he goes off. There was no debate about that whatsoever, but... When they went down to 10 men, I suddenly moved from, hey, we might win this, to, oh, my God, imagine if we don't win this. And That's it. That I were, when he got sent off, I was like, get in. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I did exactly the same, actually. He's got to go. He's already been booked. Oh, no. Like, it's just, yeah. especially when you think Steve Bruce as well, you know, he absolutely loves a nil-nil, doesn't he? Just, I don't know. I, I just imagined him... Uh, Licking his lips, which is not not something I like I to imagine. I was radio five live, and it obviously went to half time. And Michael Brown in the co contract, and he was saying they'll never get a better chance uh, now. Sheffield United to get three points. I'm like, mm. yeah, you say that, but I'm actually less confident now than I was, <laughs> you know, one minute ago before he got sent off. I don't know if I was less confident. It was more just the the horror of what it would feel like to not win the game. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I'm so pleased we got a clean sheet, but you know, with full justification, I was sat there going, "Well, Newcastle will score at some point mm, because yeah. the opposition always score at some point." So, yeah. like, not not only imagine if we don't win, but imagine if we lose to this dreadful this Newcastle team when we've battered them. It's not just that we've we've not won for twenty games; it, we have kept a clean sheet for twenty games. Yeah. It's not we've had like a couple of nil nilers along the way or anything like that. It's been wall, you know, with twenty games solid where we've not been able to say that we've kept a clean sheet. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I had that that I want to say a nagging voice, but it was a very it had a loudspeaker and uh, was six inches away from my face, blasting that thought into my brain. That one, <laughs> um, yeah. So, but you know. Second half, we uh, we we started exactly the same way. You know, uh, they obviously 
dropped even deeper. Um, Fleck got on the ball even more, which is good because he actually, I thought, was the probably the only player who didn't play particularly well. He, he, he got better as the game went on. but I'm going to say, because you said this to me at our time, and I thought he were all right second half by his, what his standards has been this season. But, well, yeah, but I've seen a few people say the same, that he was the only one in the first half who wasn't really at it. Well, well, that's very fair what you've said there. He was definitely, uh, even in the first half, he's de- definitely better than he's been for most of this season. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah it, it lost the ball. It just looked, um, it looked like he'd not played for us before in terms of just not being uh, on the same wavelength as everyone else, you know, taking extra touches, sort of dribbling into into trouble, that kind of thing, picking the wrong He's pass. another one who's lacking confidence, I think. And what mm. I'm surprised with, with this game is, I know we beat Bristol Rovers, but we played like a team who were like 12th. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was encouraging, and yeah, we thought we scored, and then we played like a team would not won. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, second half, you know, I, I did think we just sort of picked up exactly where we left off. Uh, Bogle has that good uh, good chance from close range where we, um, I think Osborne sort of just uh, hooks across into the air. We've got so many bodies in there. I don't. I think it's Burke maybe flicks it on, and ah, oh, so. So unlucky, Bogle. You know, he's in a, a good yeah. position. It's a good shot, but the keeper gets out and sort of smothers it away. Um, and then I'm going to take issue with this. I did not like these subs at all. I and, I um, and, I, and I said, and we said this at the time to each other, didn't we? I, we were, we were, we were all over, and we were creating chances. We, it just looked a matter of time. Then we made the three changes, and I, I don't think we looked anywhere near as dangerous, to be honest. Well, the two changes, sorry. Yeah, the, the second one, I, I'm okay with. Um, yeah, we'll talk the second one first. Talk in reverse order here. We'll talk about the second one first. Um, mm. I think Burke was becoming less effective simply because they, you know, basically had like an eight-man defence along their I penalty. get that, yeah. So I, I think bringing on Brewster is, you know, a, a technically better player. Um, that made total sense. It's this first one. I, I didn't like it at the yeah. time, and I'm delighted we won the game, but I don't like it in retrospect either. We um, no. So we take Basham off and... Um, uh, and bring on Sharp, and you know we go we go to a back four, don't we? And I I, I completely get. See, the... Sorry, Sharp came on second. Oh, have I got these the wrong way around? Brewster came on for Basham. They were very close. They were only like five minutes in it. I'm just looking now. Yeah, fifty-one minutes. Brewster came on. Fifty-eight. Sharp came on. Sharp came on for Berg. Uh, okay. Brewster came on for Basham. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, the the overall point is bringing on a striker for. A defender, particularly for Basham, like I get the logic, but it, I, I, well, I get the logic in a vacuum, but not with this team. You know, we you don't yeah. need three centre backs against ten men. I mean, we arguably didn't need three centre backs against eleven the way Newcastle played, but we were basically playing two at the back for a lot of that game, to be honest. Yeah, but but Basham, it wasn't playing just kind of. I mean, Basham wasn't playing as a centre back. No, and I just thought it it really. I, I don't know. I would just like to. Have, we were basically killing them the way we were playing and mm. it, a goal did feel inevitable and I just wanted us to roll with that basically and not yeah. not change formation to have a third striker on there and suddenly, you know, it felt like McGoldrick had gone out to the right a bit more. and Yeah, he lost his influence a lot, McGoldrick, when he went yeah. out to that side. I, I understand this if there were 15 minutes left, but it was mm. just literally the start of the... Well, they were half an hour, over half an hour left. And it was because we'd been doing so... You know, we... It's not like we'd started the half slowly or anything like that. We'd we'd continue to sort of pile on the pressure. And yeah. in that um so there's a twenty minute period between our first sub and the penalty being awarded. We had yeah. two shots in that That's twenty what, minutes. Yeah, this is what this is what I'm talking about. That Billy Sharp on the left wing a lot of the mm. time, which is 
you know, you don't want him there at all. I understand balls are going across the body. If you put Sharp on for Burke and leave it at that, I can understand that because we create a lot of chances, a yeah. poacher or whatever. Like you say, I just I don't I don't I don't like that. Yeah, we went like sort of four three three, but like Sharp and McGoldrick is almost wide men, which mm, nah, not for me. I I would have just liked to seen us keep doing what we're doing because yeah. it was it was working really really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you could take a midfielder off if you put Sharp on, put McGoldrick back, take Fleck off, Lundstrom, you know. Mm, yeah, potentially. Um, you know, I, I I try and look at sort of a process as much as results. I think with these things, and mm. yeah, I I don't think this worked. Uh, if if anything, it may have hampered our ability to win the game. Yeah, um, which sounds you know I, I get that sounds a bit silly. You want to win a game by any means under these circumstances, but it wasn't. We're not playing Captain Hindsight here because we both said it, and I think a few other. I was on Twitter like looking, and a lot of people saying it at the time as well. That mm. not sure about these subs, but you know, I suppose like while it'll turn around and say, well, it worked, you know. The, yeah. the guy who brought on won the penalty. So he did, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that now. Yeah, one uh, one long pass over the top, and uh, Sharp, I think, had got basically got one on one against Fernandez, and you know, all credit to him, he forces that uh, indecision. Fernandez lets the ball bounce, and then Sharp goes into a tussle with him. Uh, tell, Danny tell... Mills has uh, since called a foul. Yeah, well, Danny Mills can go stick his head in a. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a, a bucket of something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I heard, I heard a little bit this morning. Like, well, it's a foul from Billy Sharp. I don't know. I think, you know, he talks in that weird. I don't know. Is it all horrible? <laughs> <laughs> what did you What did you think of this in uh, watching in real time? I didn't think anything of it at all at the time. And then when when it went back and I saw the first bit, I thought now. And then they showed a they showed um, like a, another angle of it, and I thought, well, yeah, that is a pen. And like you said, as soon as the referee goes over to the you know, has that ever? Has he ever not changed his mind? I haven't seen it happen yet. If it has, um, I I thought it was a penalty in real time. I saw the handball. Did you really? Yeah, I saw the handball. And I was like, that's. I, I don't see how that's not going to be given, uh, not going to be penalised because I mean he's punched the ball away from, you know, Sharp's path essentially. Or you the know, players went mad, didn't they? To be fair. Yeah, yeah. So I really did think it was handball, um, and then. I think within a few seconds of the VAR check, they started checking for offside instead, and so I thought they've obviously decided it's handball as well. But then they, yeah, they they have they go back to the handball and then tell the ref to go and check it. But yeah, he gave it pretty quickly. I mean, it is a, it is a tussle. I could see. Uh, I think if the ref had given a free kick the other way in like open play, I don't think I would have. I mean, I would have thought it was a soft decision, but yeah, I, yeah, I could yeah. have seen that, I guess. But yeah, Fernandez's hand comes round, swipes the ball away, Sharps possibly going to get round it and get a shot off that kind of thing so um yeah, yeah well I thought... say like i think it was leandra commentating wasn't it? and he said that susie they were looking for offside weren't they so you think well mm. he's got a you know if they're looking for an offside on it then it's a pen i mean i, I understand i mean I, to be fair newcastle fans were all right on the whole i didn't i didn't add too many of these views in the view from because it's boring isn't it oh, it wasn't a pen it was a pen but um to be fair i think most of them did say yeah it's it's a bit sort of soft in the laws of the game i don't think he's I don't think he's deliberate in the sense in, you know, he's he's just sort of swung, swung his arm around and it's hit him. But it is a pen in, in, yeah. this, in this day and age. And I think the majority of Newcastle fans accepted that, to be fair to him. Yes, indeed. Sharp himself steps up. Uh, Couldn't watch. It? Could not watch. I, oh, horrible, this. <laughs> to say I've not been interested this season, I've been on this podcast many times saying, oh, I'm just not bothered. This were awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't, uh, I didn't not look away, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just thought... I was sort of crouched in this really weird position, sort of like, I don't know, like a weird crouch to the side with my hands over my nose, but my eyes just peeking out. (laughs) (laughs) We did have several people ask if you were in the toilet when this... uh, I wasn't, actually. No, no, I wasn't in the toilet for this one, to be fair. Yeah, Um, but yeah... I needed to be, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, no, then, uh, I think we all did with what happened in the 96 minute as well. But, um, yeah, Sharp, uh, Sharp deviates from his usual blast-it-down-the-middle penalty, and uh, it was a good penalty, yeah. Rolls it in the corner. It's 100th league goal for the club. What an achievement. That is, uh, yeah, that is that is awesome to see. I don't I don't know, would we... So what, would, how many goals did he score last season, Sharp? Maybe four? I think it was four. Three, three four? Might be three or four. I'm not sure. I I w- three, three league goals, two against Bournemouth, one, one against Norwich. Mm, okay. Yeah, maybe there wasn't another one then. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. So he's scored the cup against Reading. That's his fourth. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'd have given long odds on him getting to 100 league goals in the Premier League for us at the start of last season, mm. but uh, he gets there. These two penalties yeah. have uh, have done the trick and. Yeah, I, it, I mean, he, he presumably was much calmer than uh, than any of United fans watching this one. We should seemingly, yeah. <laughs> we should have we should have more faith by now. Hundred league goals. I think it's just the it's just the situation, isn't it? Um, and then we ruined it by celebrating, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> I don't really know. Well, I don't know if, if people don't know. We were we were in the main headlines of BBC News saying Sheffield United players did not Sheffield players did not follow uh, Premier League protocol by. Uh, Celebrating after they'd scored, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Just it, ridiculous. It, it does overlook the fact that uh, Everton and Manchester United players all, you know, did the same. That's thing. That's one side of it as well. If you're going to honestly ban celebrating, you you give me a fan who wants football to carry on where the players can't celebrate. Yeah, indeed. Because um, then it, I mean, it's already a, a ridiculous season. It's already a stupid season where. Fulham get told two days before. Oh, by the way, you're playing this Wednesday. You know, it's all ridiculous with no fans and and how bad it is and the atmospheres and all this sort of stuff. If you want to make it like just stupid, then don't let players celebrate something in what's an emotional game. Yeah, that's like asking a fan when Billy Sharp scores that for us to sit there. Yeah, just uh, just clap politely. Just nonsense. I it really wound me up actually because. It's not the players' fault. If 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 you can't celebrate, then Blake, that's the pre- that's on the Premier League, not Sheffield United mm. or Man United or anybody. That's the pre- if you if it's that dangerous that the players can't celebrate, you stop the league. Yeah, yeah, no, completely agree. I think it's uh, you know I, I'm not a um, I don't subscribe to this sort of uh, media persecution thing particularly. To no, be I don't honest. think it's anything like that. No, I think we were just the early game, so they, they, they used us as a. Yeah, it's, and it's just the timing of it, isn't it? It's, hang on, this is the yeah. first good thing that's happened to us in 18 games, and now you're going to come moralising about the fact that, you know, we had the temerity to, like, hug each other and give each other a high-five on the pitch, that kind of thing, even though that's been happening in every other game. Somebody on S2 uh, posted, I don't know how true this is, so don't quote me on this, I'm just going on what this poster said, he said that in, in Belgium they're getting fined now for celebrating. Players and clubs. Clubs are getting ten thousand pound fine, and players something like three thousand pound or whatever. Uh, well, maybe we'll. If we're going to do that, I'm I'm honestly not watching. <laughs> yeah, there, there might be. Uh, as you said, if that's um, if that's dangerous, then they probably shouldn't be. You know, 
marking each other at corners. Or... I mean, how ridiculous are you going to make it? You're going to say, like, no corners now because people are getting too close. If it's that dangerous that people can't celebrate, the team, the 11 players who play are playing on a football, 22 players who are playing on a football pitch, can't go close to celebrate, stop the game because it's, it's ridiculous if you think that's going to make any difference. The people no. spitting on the floor and stuff. Yeah, which you're also not supposed to do, but um, that one that one's slightly more understandable. I think you can... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But to be fair, I mean, I when I in my running days before I, I could when I could run, um, I spit at the side of the road and stuff. Like if you, you know what I mean? It's hard not to and stuff. But disgusting. I don't know. I, I, there's, there's children I know, I listening. Know, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You're just confessing out, all these. Uh... Uh, yeah, I just, I just think that if you, you know what I mean? If you, if you, you can mark at corners and you can go into slide tackles and you can, hmm. you know, a goalkeeper can go, come running out of his area into a body of players, but you can't celebrate. Get out of town. Yes, it's pretty weird. So, in the, in the, I think in the last two podcasts, you've confessed to uh, spitting on the floor, <laughs> underage drinking, uh, skipping know, school yeah. to go to football. God knows what's uh, what where this know, is going to yeah. escalate in a few weeks. Um, I'll talk about my uh, ten years in prison for GBH next. <laughs> uh, so, Brewster was on, as you that's said. A joke, and, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> just to be very clear on that, yeah. Um, <laughs> Brewster was on and uh, a good cameo. We'll get on some individuals properly in a moment, I guess, but a good cameo from him. He, he dribbles at goal just, just after we've taken the lead, actually, and uh, puts it wide. And then he also hit the post with that deflected shot as well that made me very, very angry. I like I actually banged my head on the table in fury. Like That's yeah. how livid that, I was. That, to me, was almost confirmed that Newcastle were going to equalise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's just... There's so many times, I must five or six times during this game, I just went, oh, that's so Newcastle. Like, how has yeah. it not gone in? Have they got away with that? That kind of thing. Um, I thought he the- did a really good thing as well just before their chance where he held it up really well, Bruce. And you know, when he chested it and sort of turned, I thought you were, I thought you were really good when it came on, to be honest. Yeah, that was excellent. Uh, yeah, it's, like a, it's basically a clearance, isn't it? Or a goal mm. kick and uh, takes it on the chest, dribbles forward, wins a free kick and... That should really have been the end of the game, but it wasn't because yeah. something else happened that uh, we'll be on to in a sec. Andy Carroll comes on and... Uh, I was scared. <laughs> a collective... with, our, with our absolutely appalling record at set pieces and Andy yeah. Carroll comes on, you're like, there's only Peter Crowder can think of I'd be more scared of, actually. A collective intake of breath from the red and white half of Sheffield, I think, of that one. Do you know how many goals Andy Carroll has scored against United in his career? One. Zero. He's never scored against us. Oh, yeah, um, I remember him absolutely battering Morgan. Morgan's obviously a really good defender at championship level. When he first came through mm. for Newcastle before he went to Liverpool, and he, uh, oh, he, I've never seen Morgan like get out out muscled like that. And it, it, I thought it was fantastic in that game. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's, he played uh, well against us last season. To be fair to him, at our place as well. Yeah, yeah, he, he really did. Yeah, and uh, obviously very involved in the um, the decisive second goal in that one, I suppose. But. Yeah, here he comes on. He wins. Uh, I guess he does what what you you want him to do. If you're Steve Bruce, particularly, he ends up um, winning a header, which is a free ends up with a free kick on the edge of the area. Stupid decision by McGoldrick, who I thought was fantastic all game. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, such a boneheaded foul! And I, I stood up. I was like, "That's one all." Like that was that was the moment we decided to. I think we decided to just let Carroll have the header basically and try and mop up the um, you know the knockdown. But yeah. Instead, it goes to their man. And, I, um, you know, I have to admit, at this point, there are a lot of expletives being flying around in my house at, at that <laughs> particular moment. I, I was just absolutely convinced they were in. I just thought, well, this is definitely going in. Newcastle, for all their poor play, do have technically good players. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah. who can who can put a free kick in and stuff. And you you just thought, well, this is it. But fortunately, it was pretty poor free kick. It's one of Newcastle fans actually uh, on the floor, and then again, didn't include it in the view from. But you just put, how can you perfectly put it into the keeper's hands like? That? <laughs> oh, but weren't we delighted that he did yes. just that? And uh, Ramsdale had a little smile to himself. It's the first time I've seen him smile. Delightful. Yeah. It made me. Uh, it made me really happy. Or at well, least, did you know what was more to come? Yeah. Well, this is it, isn't it? We, you know, Brewster had that thing where he, uh, he wins the free kick. That was probably ninety-five minutes on the clock, something like that. Um, but we end up giving it away. It's another free kick. It gets launched into our box. Uh, Ramsdale comes out to collect. Bogle goes to chest it back to him. Ramsdale is now well wide of goal. And the ball is flying towards our goal. And yeah, what talk me through your feelings here? I just, I, I went it's in. I was like, I was so deflated. It was unbelievable because even it looked like it was going in, didn't it? It, it was sort of bouncing, and I, I still think it might have gone in. Actually, <laughs> I in real time, I thought Ramsdale was going to save it, uh, and he, I guess he actually did. But you know, it wasn't going yeah. in in the end, but. So, but I, I actually was more annoyed about the fact we were about to concede a corner from which Andy Carroll was going to head in or something yeah, like that. Of course, yeah. But yeah, no, I, no, I, I just went like, no, I'm, I'm not having that. That's him. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was just so avoidable, uh, and yet I could see it happening, it, it, like so far in advance. Um, so Ramsdale does shout. I, when I heard that shout. I was like, fantastic! He's coming, you know. He he's coming a long way to sweep that up, and he's it's mm. at the time I felt that was the right decision. He shouts yeah. keeper, and then I think at the last second you hear him shout keeper again in a much more panicked voice because he I think he realizes that Bogle is trying to get it back to him. If yeah, you like, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Bogle chests it goal bound, which is a. Do you know what? I don't think that's a good decision under these circumstances, regardless of the fact that no, we, get rid. Just edit and, away. I, I read earlier, uh, Kevin Gage, uh, he was blaming Ramsdale for it. He said he was out of position. Totally disagree. At the time I did, when I messaged you and said, what were Ramsdale doing there? But I've seen it back and I've heard the shout and everything. And I, I, and you have a think about it. And I, I just think, just when Kevin Gage was reading now, he said, brilliant defending from Bogle. Totally disagree with that, to be honest. I'm going to strongly <laughs> disagree with that as well. That's, <laughs> that's not what I want a defender to be doing in the 96th minute when we haven't won for six months in the league. Just uh, get rid of that out of play. It doesn't matter. Just like I mean, it's all right. It's, it's all right being cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I'll just chest this back to the keeps. Last minute. It, it, nasty, I mean, it was it? it was practically the last kick of the game, wasn't it? If he yeah. if well, he was, well is yeah yeah the corner comes in and uh, yeah they so have shots. You know, if he gets rid of that, you'd have probably thrown he'd probably won full, full time. Yeah, I think so as well. But. I love that you sent me the clip of the five live commentary. I don't know where you got that from, <laughs> but yeah. it's um, uh, I think it's Conor McNamara, and yes. <laughs> he, just, he stops using words. He just makes it like well, I'm gonna. I'll jump in. This we're gonna be a mild alternative man of the match this week, actually, Conor McNamara, because that okay. is what I want to hear from a commentator. It's horrible. I'm glad if anyone were driving when <laughs> when they were listening to that, um, you know, they, they might they might be wake up in a, in hospital this morning. To be honest, with the Sheffield United fans, but uh, yeah, that were going to be my alternative man of the match because it's been really stale. I think football, no fans, it's horrible. You know, even when the goal goes in, you can hear the the, the manager shout, but not the crowd. And the penalty yesterday, that you imagine, you imagine the atmosphere yesterday, Bramall Lane, it'd been fantastic. But I thought that commentary really made. You know, the 
it was so exciting. Obviously, this is in hindsight because he didn't go in. But the way he described the way, and the excitement in his voice, he knew what it meant, and I thought it was fantastic commentary for him, even though he didn't use any words. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got the you've got the video. You have to send me the video clip after this, and I'll uh, I'll drop the audio. I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've tweeted it out uh, to people anyway. But ah, oh, nice one. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop the audio into this so people will be able to yeah, uh, nice one. hear what we're talking about. Um, so yes, actually, I'll, I'll cue that up right after me talking here, and then we'll get on with the rest of it. So here you go. Here yeah, Carol waits. Shea pumps it forward. Yeah. So okay. So just to finish off, then that corner comes in. Uh, it gets headed to the edge of the area, and I think it's Murphy puts it wide, and the final whistle blows, and oh, what a feeling of relief! Just. Uh, was, was really, I, I was up until that point, the 90th minute or whatever, I was getting ready to celebrate. And come on, after that chance, it was just. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, you know, a few people saying they're going to be sending uh, Bogle the laundry bill for for that. I mean, I, I just, I, I, I really like what we've seen of Bogle. Um, and I like. You know, as much as I said, I don't think that was the right decision. I, I like the confidence uh, that he tried that. Just, um, mm. you know, maybe maybe have better awareness of what your goalkeeper wants you to do in those situations, I think. I don't think he'll be trying again anytime soon, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, fairly, fairly muted celebrations from the players, I thought, you know, um, which I'm sure the BBC will be happy to uh, happy to learn about. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could definitely see a bit of relief of like, oh, finally, the... The monkey is off the back, not only in terms of the win, but the clean sheet as well. It's, you know, such a big deal for Ramsdale. And uh, yeah, I, I liked, um, I don't know if you watched Wilder's interview with Sky, I think it was. Um, they were, you know, the, the guy interviewing him was kind of saying, like, I thought you'd be a bit, he wasn't criticising him, he was sort of saying, I thought you'd be a bit more upbeat about it all. And Wilder was very much like, well, you know, it, we know the situation of the season it's not yeah. you know it's not something we're going to be jumping for joy about but at the same time obviously it is great to finally win a game and yeah i think that's uh, that's how i feel mate i'm not like like here we go like you know here we go we're going to win 10 games the rest of the season yeah and... yeah it's not about that for me i said last i just mm. love to get into some sort of form yeah and that and that were it and I, I, and that 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 sort of performance is exactly is all i'm hoping for even if we lose Play like that with that sort of confidence, that sort of passing, and I'll, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's move on to alternative man of the match, and uh, we'll talk about some individuals here. Um, we'll, we'll first actually the the real man of the match was uh, Ethan Ampadu. Fair play. I was a little bit surprised to see this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, I would have had four or five other players ahead of him. I think that said, he did play very very well. Um, I'm going to be slightly backhanded compliment here, but. This was an ideal game for a defender in, who doesn't defend particularly well because we didn't need to defend very much through the entire game. And he is good on the ball and his passing was excellent. Uh, his positioning was really good as well. You know, he, he got forward and gave us like another man down the left. He put in a fantastic ball for um, for McGoldrick in the first half. Yeah, it, it was a really good performance from him. But um, yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, he will still find it quite difficult against um, much more attacking teams. Yeah, anyway. I, I've been criticising him a lot on here and in private, not like <laughs> not in uh, sensual situations. Right? Like that, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I had to cover. I don't know why I felt I had to cover that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I th- I th- um, 
I think uh, I, he was really good from what I saw yesterday. Really solid. And he needs more of that. And in fairness to him, what I will stick up for him for is that he's not at a, he's not held down a position as he all season. No. So it must be difficult for him. And he's a young lad like in his first day. Keep him at left centre half. No matter yeah. what like unless he you know in the next three games we're gonna we're not gonna we're almost definitely gonna lose he's Tottenham Man United Man City keep him in there let him like try and get learn the role and learn the basics of defending yeah I, I think he's only played one game there yeah um, I think he got took off injuries against West Ham didn't he yeah yeah it might have been it but yeah he's played uh, he played right centre back against Palace he played in the middle against Leeds he's played obviously um, central midfield uh, as part of a three uh, and he's played central mm-hmm. midfield as part of a two as well. So you're right. We've This is kind of what I meant last week about how I don't feel like we're helping him develop as a footballer either. Like, no. you know, because we've been bad and we've been shunting him around all over the place and it's a team devoid of confidence. Um, and so I, I, you know, I could kind of see the, the merits of Chelsea wanting him back to move him to a, I don't know, a team that's having more success, I suppose, even if it's in a lower division. But yeah, he did uh, He did a really good job yesterday. It was um, it was impressive to see, uh, as I said, particularly the way he used the ball because he's, he's definitely better at that than, um, I would say, pretty much anyone else who's played at left centre-back, maybe Ender Stevens. I mean, Jack Robinson weren't there again yesterday, were they? No, he was obviously uh, working on his long throws somewhere else, I guess. I can't yeah. get mad around that. that. He, he just like, uh, does he like slip into a different dimension or something? He's either... <laughs> I don't know, he just, he's in the team then, he just, he's out of the squad. He's been like, for weeks, <laughs> you don't see him again. <laughs> Very bizarre. Um, so some other individuals, uh, I think the, I think this is my nomination for alternative man of the match, actually, is, is Aaron Ramsdale, who... Finally yeah. got a clean sheet. He finally had almost nothing to do in the entire yeah. game. To the, to the point where it looked like he was having to keep his eyes open. Like, I with know. This is... going in. Yes, well, I thought he was giving him smelling salts at one point. <laughs> Physio had run out. He didn't like, put something up his nose. But uh, yeah, I think he was having eye drops. I was worried, I have to admit, because the second time he came on, I thought, we've got one sub to go. Nil nil at this point as well. Mm. I'm thinking, oh, we're going to have to bring it. We're fondling him on the bench, weren't it? It was, yeah. And I was, was thinking, oh my word, I don't know what's going to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the tweet from, I think it's the Newcastle Chronicle, it's just a picture of Ramsdale, and uh, it says, I thought spectators weren't allowed in grounds. <laughs> it That's was good, I like Very that. good. But yeah, this, you know, this is the kind of, we said on the, we said on the last pod actually, Ramsdale, he just needs a clean sheet. I'm not saying he's going to become a world-beating goalkeeper, but it's, it no. will just do so much for his confidence. And you know, it, it meant a lot to me as a fan seeing him have a smile on his face in this Completely game. Completely agree, yeah. Because uh, I've watched, you know, uh, 20 games in all competitions of him, like, frowning, basically, <laughs> every time the ball yeah. cuts through him. And, uh, you know, he's not been perfect. We've stuck up for him a fair bit, but I think we've also criticised him when it's uh, when we felt it's fair to do so as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I've stuck up for him a lot. I think in the past three or four weeks, his, his confidence has clearly been hit, and I don't think yeah. he's been. I think the I think the criticism at him has been pretty fair. I think yeah. earlier on in the season, when people were blaming him for everything, it was unfair. But I think Bristol Rovers looked dodgy. A couple of kicks out yesterday, but looked dodgy. He's playing like a goalkeeper with no confidence. It yeah. doesn't make him a bad goalkeeper. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair summary. And uh, I thought it was the right thing to do uh, with the the Bogle thing right at the end. Uh, as I said, watching real time, I heard the shout really early, mm. <clears throat> and he's if if Bogle just leaves that, he is collecting it under no pressure whatsoever. 
he'll fall on the ball and that's the end of the game. And it's the kind of thing, if it was a full crowd, there'd be a big roar of like appreciation for taking charge of your penalty area. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, uh, I, I side with him on that one. I thought it was the right thing to do, but yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I, I was just relieved for him and for us, I guess that he had a, a quiet game where for once we didn't like get punished for one mm. mistake, one shot on target, that kind of thing. So he he is my alternative. Well, Newcastle in that nominee. game, if that Bogle shot had gone, well, whatever it was, had gone in, am I right in thinking that, oh no, they had one header on target. I want to say they, they'd have got a draw with no shots on target, but they did have a header, didn't they? Uh, yeah, the header in the free, oh, the free kick, kick as well. <clears throat> of course, yeah. Both, three, both oh, yeah, straight course, at yeah. Ramsdale, yeah. Who's, uh, who's your nominee this week? Well, I went for coming to Matt tomorrow. I think that would be my mm. thing. But there's a couple of other. I think Billy Sharp for his 100th goal. I don't think he actually played fantastic in this game when he came on, but mm. balls of steel. And um, also, you know, just that sort of... He won the penalty. He scored the penalty. He might have not done anything else in terms of, you know, creating creating much or being that dangerous. But what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very true. Um, but another really close to Conor Matt tomorrow with the Newcastle fans. One of the best view fans I've ever done. It was very, very funny, and I, I hope lots of people are going to. If you've been, if you've been hesitant to read what other <laughs> fans are saying about us or their own team as they beat us every week, then uh, it's time to break that streak because it's it's very good content. A on, lot uh... of things I can't repeat on here, uh, <laughs> but a couple of I can. Is uh, I listened to this on the radio and it was still painful to watch. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was my favourite one, I think. I love. Uh, I am currently writing to my local MP. <laughs> <laughs> to see that letter and um, I'd take a put on Joey Barton if for no other reasons he might put some cigars out in Ashley's eyes oh <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, they, they weren't happy Newcastle fans and I get the hmm. feeling that Newcastle fans are very seldom happy to be honest yeah well certainly with this situation and yeah I kind of posited it you know would Bruce get sacked after this game I, I think they'd very much like him to get sacked but um, yeah. now the uh, the penalty and um Oh, actually, neglected to mention uh, a lot of shouts for Sharp to get a red card. Actually, oh, we're going to bring tackle. this up, actually. Yeah, because yeah, I forgot to mention that. I was going to mention Bruce. He would talk about, oh, I don't like Voss. Like, wait, you didn't say this last season, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Talk about uh, what goes but, Yeah, uh, Billy Sharp's tackle, I think it was sending off, I have to admit. I think it were. It was quite. It was a nasty tackle to be honest. I don't even know if it were a tackle. It just sort of stunts him from behind, and I don't know why he did it. I've no idea why he did it. He could have definitely been sent off. I, I hate to do this, but I did not really see the incident. <laughs> All right, Arsene. <laughs> I'm going fully Arsene Wenger. The thing is, I saw it in real time, and um, and then I looked away because I was like, "It's a yellow card." You know, just yeah, like one yeah, of those. Yeah. Oh, you know, you just he just trips the guy from behind. It's a, a yellow card, and I think I just um, I don't know. I think I had a message on my phone or something. So I looked away and missed the replay. And then, you know, you kind of hear him saying, like, oh, it's a bit of a striker's challenge. And then they start talking about VAR, will have checked it and stuff like that. But uh, I have looked for clips of this again, and I haven't seen it, but it does seem like everyone is pretty pretty adamant that it could have been a red card. So, yeah, fair enough. That said... I, I think it was. I, I, and he did a couple of other fouls as well. Um, that you, on another day, might have got two bookings as well. But, you know, I, I understand Bruce being upset with that, to be fair. But I, get, I don't think that would change much. I'm, I'm not, no. It's easy to say. But at that point, we were one nil up. We were defending or whatever. It was ten against ten. I don't, Chart didn't do much in a defensive sense or an attacking sense at that point. To be fair, yeah, no, I, I don't think it would have changed the game either. I mean, it's a bit like what we said with with the Palace game. Um, mm, yeah, uh, if Eze had got sent off, I don't think we'd get back into the game. No, just, the pattern of the game was kind of set, and uh, yeah, I, I don't see I don't see that that changes the game at all. I think it just provides a nice excuse for Bruce to have something else to talk about. Although 
He seems to have this job for life anyway, as we said. He's, he's just on my television now, the great man himself, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not talking about bacon, presumably. <laughs> How's the bacon, you say? Yeah. <laughs> um, Jaden Bogle was someone else I wanted to mention. Obviously, yeah. talked about him a little bit. But this was, obviously, he was playing because Baldock's still injured. Um, this, to me, was exactly the kind of game we signed. Jaden yeah. Bogle for this is why I'm so surprised he's not being starting. Or oh, sorry, mm. not being starting. So surprised he's not been on the bench. Uh, yeah, and, and then getting the off the because bench he's such well. a great attacking player. I mean, not everything he did came off, but he's just dynamic and he's just completely different to Bollock as a player. Bollock's yeah. better defensively. He comes against Man United. Yeah, I want George there because defensively he's a lot sounder. Newcastle, Brighton, these other teams get 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 Jaden 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 in there. Yaden. Yeah, games games where. You, he can pretty much play as a winger, you know, not a wing back, a winger. And yeah, I, I really like the look of him going forward. You know, he's he gets into good areas all the time. He, he seems like a decent dribbler, or at least he'll, you know, he'll try and dribble past yeah, players. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm and, and, next year in the championship because I'm hoping we'll have more of the ball and yeah. uh, and, and more attacking. You know, hopefully this sort of form that we've played, we have had. In the, I say form. The last two games, hopefully we continue to play that sort of football when we do go down. Yeah. If, if that's the case, I can see him thriving in that system. To be fair, yeah, he. Um, I guess it's him. Him and Burke are the two signings. I guess that um, look good signings on limited, fairly limited evidence so far. Anyway, yeah. Um, well, let's so support Blazers. Obviously, there were a massive debate on there about Burke, and I think they're all sort of right <laughs> in what they say. <laughs> uh, they were like they were almost like say rubbish. Other people said, "No, he's good." I agree with them all in different ways. He's so, he's, a, he's a he's a complex. Man, <laughs> a, a riddle wrapped in an enigma. Yes, yeah. that, was, that was beautifully diplomatic there, by the way. <laughs> They're all right. Everybody wins. Yeah, like, I'm like, listen, nodding, and yeah, yeah. And then he's saying, but yeah, but he's got it. Oh, he is actually, yeah, yeah, he's rubber. Yeah, he is actually. <laughs> was it the flash show We did that guy's in pub just agreeing with him. That's how I felt like listening to it. Ah, <laughs> oh, excellent reference. Um, what do we do with our right wing backs going forward? Baldock is apparently going to be available for the next game. I'd love to. I don't think you can drop Bogle, so I think you, you you play him. But I'd love to see them both in there. I don't know how. I don't know if there's any way Bogle can play midfield. No I one expects. I mean, I'm a double looking right towards another back. change of tactic. I think you could play a four-four-two with Bogle on the right wing, personally. But I um I, I'm kind of happy with the sort of horses for courses approach with these two, to be honest. I think games last night, Bogle. But keep Bogle on the bench for... Well, we've got expanded yeah, benches now. Anyway, but... I mean, obviously, it's Spurs next. So we'll be doing more defending than attacking. So, yeah, I understand why they want to bring Georgie Boy back in. But at the same mm. time, I don't think you can... I think it's really unfair to drop Bogle because I think in the last two games... In fact, every game he's played, he's been one of, the best, one of our best players. Yeah, he's done well. And I suppose the flip side of... Um... Uh, against tougher opposition is uh, you leave him on the pitch, acknowledging he's maybe not as good defensively, but mm. he might give you something on the break. That, uh, we're that definitely more dangerous with him. There's, there's absolutely no doubt. Even in the Palace game, we created nothing. The chance that we did create was was through him, and the and the and the uh, Hackford chance came through him as well, didn't it? I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but uh, I, I thought it was just a you know. Just an example of him putting defenders on the back foot and you know making them have to panic a little bit because mm. they didn't know whether he was going to you know dribble past them on on his right foot on his left foot gets a good shot away himself um, yeah two good shots away in fact yeah. during this game yeah I um, I really like what I've seen from him so far so uh, 
Good job. Can't say that about too many uh, other <laughs> signings, I guess, up to this point. Um, any other any other individuals? I thought, as I say, I thought almost. Uh, and Wilder alluded this alluded this afterwards, didn't he? Of like everyone, they all played well, and yeah, we really haven't been able to say that all season. I would say. Um, but yeah, any others you want to pick out particularly? We've, we've pretty no, much think, done the entire team. We... But... No, I think, like you say, I think everyone that I saw, I thought Norwood really stepped up his game. I only saw the second half, yeah. obviously. He did that one ridiculous pass. But... Yeah, it took a deflection, didn't it? But at the same time, uh, I think it was, you know, he could have avoided that situation for sure. Yeah, but I, I thought he were a lot better. And uh, yeah, I, I can't really thought no, Lundstrom looked dangerous going forward. I mean, for all the criticism Lundstrom gets, he's by far our more dangerous, most dangerous midfielder. We have to replace him or keep him. Yeah, uh, even even going into next season. Yeah, he's um, yeah. You're right. We we still don't have anyone who can do what he does. Um, and yeah, for for better or worse, really. And uh, I'll, he... I'll shout my Goldrick out as well because I think he's been consistent all season in a terrible season. Yeah, he's been he's been fantastic pretty much all season. He has indeed. Um, right, so there we go. A, a win uh, at last in the Premier League and. Yeah, a satisfying opponent to beat, I think. Not that I have anything against Newcastle at all. In fact, if, if anything, I feel a little bit sorry for them. But I don't mm. particularly like Steve Bruce. And uh, I, I really didn't like them doing the double overs last season in such odd circumstances. So, yeah, satisfying uh, in that regard. But oh, such sweet relief to finally yeah. get that first win, for sure. Um, anything else you want to mention from this game? Or no, that, we... that, that's it. I'm hoping, like, obviously on Sunday where we, uh, we're coming back with a, uh, another unbelievably, but even more excited, should I say, uh, hmm. podcast. But, yeah, great to get it off your back. And I'm not too worried. People, I mean, it's, it's disappointing that we've got three ridiculously hard games coming up because yeah. you want to build on it. But you, you pointed out we've got Plymouth in between that as well. We uh, have, yeah. So, that, so that's good to keep the confidence levels up. But I'm not too bothered about that now. I just hope that we know that we can win in the Premier League uh, mm. this season. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because I said right at the top, you know, a good four or five days for us. But um, I didn't mention the cup draw, mm. which I think is included within that. And yeah, yeah with, with uh, you know, all, all due respect to the teams that we've been drawn against, this is a great chance to have some more enjoyable games in the near future and, and winnable games as well. I mean, we play uh, Plymouth of League One, who I believe are 15th as uh, at time of recording. And then if we were to win that game, we'd get the winner of Bristol City or Millwall, who... Uh, Both at know, home as well, and I know we don't really mean as much yeah. these days, but it's nice to, you know, it's, uh, I presume it will be easy to play at home. Yeah, you'd think so. Less less travelling and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I imagine travelling in a... Covid era is not particularly enjoyable and yeah. uh, less much less convenient than it would have been twelve months ago. Um, yeah, that's uh, you know even if we don't win that game, it's uh, it, it's a it is winnable and hopefully we'll just have a similar kind of uh, outing as we did against Bristol Rovers. So yeah, that was uh, that one worked out quite nicely for us and uh, I'll, I'll look forward to that. We you know could have a nice little cup run going on here yeah, if we yeah, yeah. Um, if we turn up like we did against Bristol Rovers. Might win so it. Might, might let fans back in. Final, Wembley final. Everyone's Perfect. back in. Imagine that. Brilliant. Then we lose 4 0. <laughs> <laughs> to Man City. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen who Man City have played in the, I think, the FA Cup the last three seasons? It's it's, it's honestly ridiculous the yeah. level of teams. They played Arsenal in the semi final, I think, or the final. But other than that, it's been like almost a total cakewalk for yeah. the last two seasons of like lower league teams. Cheltenham? I can't remember. Uh, okay. FA Cup draw. 
it was it was a lower league team anyway. There's um, not really much excuse. To, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to do this, but there's not really much excuse to say that we won't get to the to at least the quarterfinals. Yeah, it, well, it'd be an upset, I guess, wouldn't it? Yeah, because we'd have to lose yeah. to either Plymouth or a championship team. Um, it is Cheltenham Town that Man City have got, by the way. So, yeah, another nice draw for them. Right, let's yeah. uh, let's take a break, mate, and then we'll get on to our memorable match, which I'm, I mean, I, I you know, I was all prepared for this. Is like, oh, you know, it, we, we had that, we had our fun against Bristol Rovers, and it's uh, here comes Steve Bruce to to ruin our week. So <laughs> we've we've got a, a blast of a game to talk about instead, and. Uh, yeah. Instead, we get we get the best of both worlds. So we'll have a quick break and then we'll crack on with that. Quick break to hear from some very lovely people who are kind enough to sponsor Blades Pod, for which uh, we are very, very grateful indeed. So let me tell you about glistening kicks. If you ever look down at your shoes and trainers, think they could use a bit of a touch-up, which I do constantly, to be honest, because uh, mine are a complete state at the moment. Look no further than glistening kicks. They are a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Very useful this time of year, of course. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris that give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean. can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. If you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you as well. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved, much-worn set of favorite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also offer nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you know that your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans. They also offer a service adding a Blades logo to your trainers, or a Wednesday logo as well, if uh, if that's the kind of thing that you're into. I'm not sure why you'd be listening to this podcast. Although, actually, I suppose if you are a Wednesday fan, maybe you're enjoying uh, United's current struggles. But anyway, that option is there as well. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair of trainers. Give your existing kicks a treatment they deserve. Instead, head to glisteningkicks.co.uk. Book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they're doing making shoes and trainers look their best. Now, back to the podcast. And we're back. And, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, continue with the feature that we started last week, which is dipping into some memorable matches from the Blades past. Not the obvious ones, maybe, but some uh, some other ones that we want to resurface and re-examine a few years down the line. So last week we talked about um, the infamous Port Vale home defeat, in 99 and the Arsenal Cup replay that shouldn't have been from the same year. Um, and before we get into this week's actually, just a few follow-ups from that. So, um, yeah, we I basically said, you know, anyone wants, uh, anyone wants to chip in something that we might have missed from these games, just, uh, just tweet us, and a few people did. So same will apply for this one as well. But, yes, Berlin Boy on Twitter said the Arsenal game was Paul Walker's first ever commentary on yeah. Hallam FM, which the man himself has confirmed. Uh, and uh, he said, I'd not heard him before and found him to be instantly brilliant. And yeah, Paul Walker, the man who uh, gave voice to some of our, our great moments in, yeah. this, uh, in this century, I suppose. always love Paul Walker as a commentator, but I don't know if that, I don't know how much of that is, to, is due to his commentating prowess or just to do with the facts that coinciding with our, some of our better moments as a Sheffield yeah. United fan. But yeah, that's it. Really, he's obviously got a really good career. He's doing championship games all the time and stuff now and stuff. But yeah, that's his first game. He must have been really young then as well because I don't think he's... 
don't think he's uh, I don't think he's that old to be fair. So, but yeah, his first ever game, brilliant. Yeah, and that sent us down a little tangent of uh, late nineties Hallam FM listening <laughs> as well, which is always uh... some of my more more of my uh, not illegal this time, but yeah, doing funny phone calls to particular radio hosts of that generation. <laughs> it doesn't shock me. Uh, Adam Truman says uh, after the Arsenal game as well. This is uh, I remember walking around Highbury at full time, mouthing off about being screwed over. This is from the first game. We heard a bloke screaming about cheating cockneys, etc. When we got closer, we realised it was Dane Whitehouse. <laughs> I love that. And then one I just more. remember after that game, so we United, United was singing, United fans were singing United eight effing cockneys. Mm. Uh, and then this guy, I always remember it, I don't know why he walked past really United fan, and he just went, I quite like cheats. It's <laughs> a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah, very strange, yeah. Um, one more from uh, John Granger, who actually took the time to email me. So thank you, John. He says, um, uh, I wasn't at the original Arsenal match, um, but one of my best mates happened to be in the director's box, wow. sitting next to Arsenal's vice chairman, David Dean, at the game. So this is the... The inside track on us yeah. getting the uh, getting a replay offer. Um, as soon as Overmars knocked it into the net, David Dean turned to my mate and said, this is a disaster. The name of the club will be mud and it'll wipe millions off the value of the sponsorship deal. I should say he was, he's, uh, he, he was there helping them find a new shirt sponsor, apparently. So there was, there was some relevance to him turning to him and saying yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, David then, Dean then summoned a minion and dispatched him to the dressing room to order... Arsene Wenger to offer a replay. It's just not Arsene playing the, the the nice man as we as we first thought. No, he was apparently told by uh, the vice chairman in the name of sponsorship to sort it out. Uh, John also says I did go to the rearranged game a few days later and was seething when Wenger was presented with a special Axa yeah. Spirit of the Cup award. I remember, I remember that. I remember completely forgotten that. Yeah, he says Spirit of the Cup, my arse. Spirit of maximising commercial profit, more like. Thanks very much for that, fraud, Arsene Wenger, revealed <laughs> on Bladespot. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for everyone who chipped in with those. Um, let's get to this week's match. Um, it, it was pointed out to us that we attempted to lift the mood last week by uh, by talking about a couple of defeats. Mm. <laughs> Try and break another. the monotony. <laughs> We've, uh, well, we're progressing to a draw this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, although, yeah, I suppose ultimately... Uh, Ultimately, the taste of defeat at the end of it. The draw that we are talking about this week is Sheffield United 2, Tottenham Hotspur 2 in the EFL Cup semi-final second leg mm. in January 2015. A very dramatic game with uh, with lots, lots going on uh, before, during and after, I think. Um, yeah, do you want to start off with your... I guess just setting the scene for this one or yeah, what you remember from it? The first leg, we'd done really well, haven't we? We lost 1-0 in the first leg, but we'd mm. done really, really well until McEverly were one of his infamous, infamous handballs. Completely needless handball to give Ridiculous. him a penalty. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember Jamal Campbell-Rice tearing him to pieces. Can you remember that? Yeah, I was, I was at both games, yeah. Um, Absolutely we... destroyed them. And in the view, I've just got the pre-match view from here. Uh, they were all talking about, we need to stop Campbell Rice. And that sounds like ridiculous now in hindsight. This is Tottenham yeah. managed, uh, managed by Pochettino. You're going for Europe and what have you. We need to stop Campbell Rice is like the main thing. But they were sort of, I mean, one of them said, they're like, uh, we need to realise that this was, we now realise that this this game is not going to be a pushover. Um, no matter what fat head Merson thinks. <laughs> um, and another one said, call me a fool, but I think we're going to win this tie easily. Uh, but there will be a frantic atmosphere at Bramall Lane. And my favourite 
ever quote, I think, on The View from was, forget beating Sheffield United, ain't going to happen. They'll be all over us like wild-eyed, manic, blue-painted jocks relishing the flesh of the soft, overly comfortable English royals in a one-sided battle. <laughs> it's just uh, bizarre. That's, that's, an, that's an old-timer, that one. Um, <laughs> so this this is... We were obviously managed by Nigel Clough at the time, although not for too much longer. We were... Uh, very much entering the end of Clough's tenure, and he would be sacked or leave by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were ninth in League One at this point, um, so not doing particularly well. Uh, here's a good sliding door, sort of uh, just just see which which the opposite directions these two clubs have gone in. But yeah. two points and four places ahead of us in the table at this point. One Chesterfield Town. What happened to them? Chesterfield Town. Did I just make that up? It's not Chesterfield Town, is it? <laughs> Chesterfield. No, so. This is how, this is how little down, relevance they have. <laughs> yeah. Chesterfield FC, I should yeah. say. Yeah, that just shows how relevant they are these days, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, uh, my brain's still frazzled from last night, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they now obviously are slumming it in the, in non-league while we, uh, you know, rub shoulders with uh, Andy Carroll. And the likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just having a um, look at it because that was is it 28th of January, weren't it? This game. That's right. Yeah. We just come back off the back of a one nil defeat to uh, MK Dons. Yeah, the standard one nil defeat. Very MK League Dons. One, like Sheffield United result, losing to MK Dons one nil. Mm. Indeed, we and it, it continued. I mentioned the club uh, because this is like the continuation of his his cup pedigree after obviously reaching the FA Cup semi final the year before. Um, I actually uh, I can't tell you who we played in the other rounds of the League Cup. Do you know? I should have, uh, it was MK Dons again, uh, but we actually oh. won them this time too. Well, oh, the first time we got back, it's, it's, it's the same cup runs we beat West Ham on penalties. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> well, we beat Norwich away 1 0. I'm just looking now, I don't remember a thing about that match. So we beat Southampton in the quarterfinals, which is more probably most memorable for Basham's when it became oh, Basham. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, I think McNulty scored the only goal uh, against Southampton. Um, just, just on MK Dons, we'd actually uh, played ten games leading up to this, the ten games previous. We'd lost two games, and they were both one nil against MK Dons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we went into it in pretty bad form. Yeah, I think one win in our previous seven, something like that. Yeah, we drew um, a ridiculous amount. Yeah, so uh, we were not a particularly good team, uh, and we were playing Spurs, who were particularly good I think not uh, not quite the sort of domineering team that they became maybe a season or two later I think this is you know before they became like a force in Europe if you like but certainly building towards that um, yeah. I'll, I'll just run through the teams actually so for United uh, Mark Howard in goal this back four man I, I, I reeled from my screen when I saw this mm. got Ryan Flynn playing right back Ryan Flynn who was much more of a winger um, but I think was shunted into right back at this point yeah Basham, okay, but uh, you know, nowhere near the player he became a couple of seasons later. Jay McEvely with the centre half, and then uh, Bob Harris, who was a serviceable League One left back, I think. Yeah. Uh, ahead of that, you have Michael Doyle, and then uh, four in midfield: Campbell Rice, you mentioned, Scoogle and Baxter, the most lightweight midfield pair possible, I think, <laughs> and uh, Jamie Murphy, Jamie Murphy wide on the left. Subs bench is not full of joy either, to be honest. Although there is one significant name on it who we'll uh, we'll mention. Um, yeah. The Spurs team they had uh, Vorm in there, Kyle Walker at right back, Eric Dyer, Jan Vertonghen, Ben Davies. So 
you know, all four of those are still pretty big, uh, pretty big players now. I guess mm. somebody called Stambouli in central midfield, who I'm not aware of. Uh, Ryan Mason, and then Lamella, Dembele, Christian Eriksen, and Harry Kane up front. Uh, and this is yeah. at the point where Kane was breaking into this team, really, or or having a breakthrough season, I should say. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll get, get onto that in, in his footnotes, in the footnotes for this, I suppose. But yeah, we go into it one nil down. It's a, a bitterly cold night at Bramall Lane, and it is snowing quite heavily on and off throughout the game. Um, and yeah, just. Not not exactly ideal conditions for a game of football, but maybe one where you are playing vastly superior opposition. Um, and I just remember as being completely outplayed in the first half. And in fact, for most of the game, to be honest, I think Kane could have had about five goals. He was just we had a really good start. Can you remember, like I think that I think Vaughan was in goal and he dropped the ball mm. and he came out to Murphy and it looked like he put it in. It was a great block on the line. Yeah, Cal Walker, in fact. Was it Cal Walker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he loves playing against this Cal Walker, doesn't he? Yeah, he just like, yeah, yeah. Always seems to excel himself. Yeah, he, really, really good block. Um, that was like the one bit of... Um, I think the one time Campbell Rice was able to do something, actually. It was his cross that yeah. comes in. I think, there was another uh, half chance where the ball went across the area. I, I think it was Flynn maybe coming in, and he didn't quite get on the end of it. But yeah, they dominated, basically. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember if I actually said, but uh, Mark McNulty was the lone striker. Yeah. In case I missed that one out. Um, yeah, and they took the lead from a free kick from Christian Eriksen, which I, uh, I I embarrass myself here because as soon as he kicks this ball, and in fact, I've seen it probably 50 times since, and I'm still convinced it's going over, but as soon as he kicks this ball, I was giving it the, ah, you know, like <laughs> arms, arms out wide kind of thing. Uh, I had had plenty of uh, pretty much beer, it should be said. But from the back of the cop, the trajectory of this ball, I thought it was going miles over. I mean, yeah. how Super it, free, it, absolutely brilliant free kick. I can't think of many better I've seen uh, in person, certainly. It, it, you know, it, it, it just the, the trajectory, as I said, it, it dips in and like smashes in off the far post. I mean, Howard's just stood there and there's not... I don't think Howard was a very good goalkeeper, but there was absolutely nothing he could do about that. It was just just so emphatic a phenomenal free kick and yeah I felt very silly after that one to be honest yeah and, uh, <laughs> that obviously made it 2-0 on and that's aggregate. game over in it realistically you're thinking that anyway it should be for sure um so what did we do to uh attempt to change this well uh Michael Doyle goes off after 65 minutes for uh Lewis Reed who I think was probably 17 at the time something like it was not long after his yeah he, he made his debut the year before he became our youngest player the year before yeah yeah so he comes on for Doyle so pre- pretty like for like to be honest you know midfielder for a midfielder um, but then significantly uh, in the 74th minute Michael Higdon comes on no <laughs> didn't really change the game but he did come on it was a double sub Higdon comes on for McNulty and then uh, a young fellow by the name of Che Adams comes on for Campbell Rice and plays up top Adams had um he played for us already. It wasn't his debut or anything like that. But uh, he had not been on the score sheet until a few minutes later where Flynn gets forward down the right from uh, from right back, yeah. puts in a brilliant ball like across the box. Um, I actually thought Higdon had been fouled, like uh, mm. sort of throwing himself out in the middle. But Adams is at the far post. A brilliant finish, like just a really cool slots it into the far, po- uh, far corner. But that's the goal for us. I'm almost certain it was his first goal, yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, let's say it was, and I'll just edit it out if it wasn't. So <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, it was. <laughs> but yeah, a, a brilliant finish, and suddenly, game, out of nowhere, game on to an extent, like, you know, 15 minutes ago, something like that, you just think, you know, there's one, even though, even though an equaliser would only send it to extra time, and we would, I think, I believe the rules were, if it's level after extra time, then uh, away goals count. So that's right, yeah, that's correct. We, yeah. Did, we needed to score three, essentially, which is why it was so, um, you know, felt so game over when they went 2-0 mm-hmm. up. Um, and then a couple of minutes later, uh, pretty much right from the kickoff, to be honest, Jamie Murphy goes down the right, he sits Vertonghen on his backside, mm. puts over a cross, gets uh, deflected to Adams again, he swings his foot through it and uh, hits Eric Dyer on the backside, goes into the net, it's two all on the night, and I think the loudest roar I've ever heard at a United match, to be honest, I... Um, I, I remember that goal had not been given because of uh, Che Adams's reaction. <laughs> ah, interesting. Yeah, we didn't mention that actually. So the first goal he scores, he runs off to the corner flag and does yeah. a knee slide and everything, and then he gets an earful from our players basically because we need two more goals. So it's like, get on with it, hurry up. And uh, I think Clough called him out for that after the match. He did. Clough had a go at him. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> so when uh, when that second one goes in and the roof lifts off, yeah, he's just like a little smile on his face and just jogs back to the halfway so like, line. But... Well, that can't be given because he, we've just equalised against Spurs in a semi-final and he's just like, yeah, that, yeah, come on then. Yeah. <laughs> two, two goals in uh, in a couple of minutes, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they'll have been his first goals in, in professional football. First professional goals, yeah, I've just yeah. seen that, yeah. Um, I just, uh, yeah, like I said, the, the roar for that equaliser was so loud. I mean... Um, uh, this, uh, it sounds like I'm exaggerating and making this up, but like I actually lost my hearing for a few seconds. Wow. Like, I couldn't hear anything. I, me and my brother were like, I think he had the same thing. We were like shouting in each other's faces, like, I can't hear anything. Like, <laughs> it's so loud, I can't hear anything. Like, obviously, both going mad. Um, yeah, that's just, an interesting one incredible. to put out there, actually. If anyone's like, whoever's listening, what's the loudest you've ever heard, Bram Lane? I think mm. I'd probably go for the Charlton game, actually. Yeah, it's overall atmosphere for sure, but mm. that was such a unexpected moment to have that two goals in three minutes I think it was and uh, yeah this this bit always reminds me of a mate Daz is a Wednesday fan and um, he messaged me at the time saying if you score another goal I'm not watching football ever again (laughs) (laughs) which I absolutely loved (laughs) and what happens Flynn gets on the ball he slides a through pass to Lewis Reed breaking into the box and uh, Do you know, I, watched this, shot. I watched this match back last night or the highlights of this game I rewound this bit like five times just to see how close it was oh, oh. <laughs> he, uh, yeah he swings his foot through it and it goes just over the bar I say just over it wasn't like you know an inch or anything like that it was probably a yard or something like that but you just the flow of the game at that point you just I really felt it was going to be a goal and yeah mm-hmm. Sticks it over the bar. It wasn't by any means an easy chance or anything like that. No, it would have been a fantastic but, uh, finish. I mean, there's a, there's an, I mean, he does the right thing. There's an argument. I think it's Higdon. Well, he does the right thing because it's Higdon. But I would say he could have crossed it into the box and he's sort of got an easy chance. But obviously, you don't know that. You know what I mean? It's, he's, he's not done much wrong there, to be fair. No, exactly. Um, and that was our chance gone. A few minutes later, Kane slides a through ball to Ericsson. 87th minute, and he just... Uh, yeah, clips it quite beautifully into the far corner um, to make it two all on the night and uh, three two to Spurs on aggregate, and uh, they go through to uh, <clears throat> to the final. Um, we had one final moment um, late on where Basham, a little bit of a naughty boy, I think we moved Basham up front, and he's uh, he's sort of in on goal, but um, 
it's a heavy touch through to the keeper and he he jumps in with both feet a little bit on the keeper's hands I think. yeah on um, the view from after the Tottenham fans were not happy with Basham and I can't repeat most of those quotes to be fair on here <laughs> um but and then he did a dive didn't he you remember the dive yeah, I mean, to be fair, Vertonghen does grab him round the throat, so... Yeah, yeah. it's how he goes down, and they're all like, that, what's he doing, that Basham, or who is it he's running? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed, but it finishes two all, um, and yeah, I, a, a great effort. I remember being uh, pretty upbeat about it, to be honest, to have like had that great moment of uh, Adams' equaliser, and to have pushed a very good Spurs team very very hard basically and uh you know made it a close run thing as they got through to the final um yeah mm. any other any other memories from that particular game I, it's another one we're done that i didn't go to everyone's gonna think i've just turned up for the premier league bandwagon here but I, once again <laughs> i was at work and uh, i sneaked out early uh and went to my friend's house it was the nearest place <laughs> uh to where i worked and um i got in just as uh jamie murphy did that shot on the line i'm like oh there's i was I was gutted at the end, absolutely gutted. I, I went into it thinking, we're 1-0 down, we've got a bit of a chance, but Tottenham will probably turn it on. They were t- you're 2-0 down all match, basically, and it, and it was just sort of drifting, weren't it, the game to nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then we got those two goals, and uh, that Louis Reed chance for me is is up there in maybe the top 10 sort of moments of what I remember of like as being a United fan, because you imagine if that had gone in, we get to the League Cup final as a League One team, I think it yeah. happened a couple of years later or earlier but Bradford got to the League Cup final as a League Two team. I think it was the year before, maybe. But he's still, you know, an incredible achievement, especially coming on the back of the semi. Yeah, that I watched that that chance. Of, oh, I think it might be the last thing I see when I close my eyes with that tonight, to be honest. But. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's it... I, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like United have been to a disproportionate amount of cup semi-finals versus how good we've been in the last mm. what uh, twenty-five years. Our cup runs have been. Fa- I, I talked to a West Ham work actually. And he goes, "How could you always get easy draws in the cups? Like, because obviously they've got Everton, and then if they win that, probably Tottenham and stuff." And oh, it yeah. did make me think, because I, uh, I said, "Oh, what's like furthest you've got and stuff?" Because we got to quarterfinals like ten years ago or whatever, and I'm like, oh, "That's rubbish." And I think, but where the the anomaly really? Rather yeah, than a little Wednesday. bit. You know, we're, we're our cup runs and the amount we've had in the past 20 years or whatever, being a pretty average team at best, yeah. is, well, yeah, is it's remarkable, really. This is why I wanted to do this game, because I almost, I think at this stage, I was kind of like just taking these things for granted, almost. Like, and I, yeah, I sort of doing, yeah. looking back, like, oh, yeah, remember we were in the League Cup semi-final against mm. Spurs, and we were one goal away from getting to a cup yeah. final. And I know we didn't actually, you know, we've still not been to that major final for, what, 100 years or however, many, however long yeah, it is yeah, now or anything yeah. like that. But, yeah, I mean, we, we were not a good League One team. I mean, we finished in the playoffs that season, but obviously lost... Uh, <laughs> lost an insane one to uh, to Swindon, who then, <laughs> who then got who then got smashed themselves. I think four 0 in the final. So yeah, it kind yeah, of shows yeah. you the you know the level of ability that we had in our team. Yeah, and yeah, we just you know casually two cup finals in two, excuse me two cup semi finals in two years. Bizarre, really. And so, a good fight. We didn't just get there and lose yeah. four 0 uh-huh. It's just Absolutely. I mean I, I'm trying to think in those in that time. These, well, obviously, those two semi-finals. We got into a semi-final against uh, Newcastle. There were the two semi-finals under Warnock. So that's less than twenty years at that point, and we've been in five cup semi-finals and spent six of those years or whatever it was. Well, we won't have been that much of that. Four of those years in League One or whatever, and one as a yeah, yeah. League team. It's insane, really. 
Indeed. Uh, che Adams, uh, he was watched by 45 scouts when he was playing for non-league Ilkeston at one match, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18, the 18-year-old interested the likes of Huddersfield Town, Peter Breenart and Crew Alexandra, but became a blade in November Absolutely superb view from on Notts County that, that season when Adams sort of came into the, you know, came to the... Because I think he scored a couple more at the end of this season, didn't he? And then mm-hmm. became a bit of a main man under Adkins. And then I got a view from Notts County and one of the guys were going, I wrote to Notts County about Shea Adams. They didn't listen to me. I told them to sign him. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I do, you know, I feel like you hear this a lot, but I do remember reading a lot of people saying he was, you know, really highly rated yeah. at the time of signing him from Ilkeston. Um, there's a quote here actually from his, uh, I think his, his manager at Ilkeston saying, Shea uh, is one of those players that comes along every so often and makes you think, wow. His biggest asset is that knack of changing games in the blink of an eye. And again, I think, you know, you hear that about a lot of players, don't you? Yeah, but yeah. certainly that one is, is bang on the money. I mean, he's he, having he a... He hadn't done it by this point, though. Like I said, these were his first goals. He wasn't in the team. I remember the he sub... He appe- played. No, no, no. I remember the sub appearances and thinking, mm, he's all right. You know what I mean? But mm. not, I mean, he came at the same time as Kieran Wallace. And Wallace actually got more games at this point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just saw this in the article. I think it only played like 120 minutes or something like that up to this point. Oh, yeah. Um, and he never did much after this in this season, I mean. Mm, he wasn't yeah. like... I think his next big big thing was when he came on as a sub against Swindon in the 5-5 and scored that brilliant goal. But the fact yeah. that he was a sub at that point suggests that he never really pushed on after this for that season. Yeah, he had, he had a, a bigger season the following season and then obviously got his, uh, his move to Birmingham. But he's, uh, he's doing really good things in the, uh, in the Premier League at the minute. And uh, as I've said multiple times, he's a player I would have very much liked us to sign when he was available last season, but wasn't to happen. But yeah, um, that was a, a, an incredible moment for him to come on and yeah. first goals in a cup semi-final against Spurs. Um, yeah, amazing stuff. Um, this was a real good time, by the way, for United fans, because... At the time, we we then when um, was that? Hang on, when was this? December. Yeah, the month after, January. a couple of weeks later, we beat QPR three 0 away in the cup. Who were a Premier League oh, team at the time? Yeah, and it was just like, why, why are we amazing in the cup? <laughs> yeah, it was then very we played bizarre. Preston. We were in our own division and lost three <laughs> one. <laughs> so what what happened next? We we actually went to league leading Swindon mm-hmm. um, at the time in I'm the next game yeah. and and won. And then we won five of our next seven, but then finished the season uh, winless in five, which then became winless in seven with those two uh, those two Swindon games. Um, yeah. And that was the end day- of the Nige. It was, yeah. Just days before this cup tie, three significant signings for the Blades. Yeah, there. I would have brought, I brought this down myself, actually, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Kieran Freeman, mm. Paul Coots and John Brayford. Yeah, this was the the return of John Brayford, wasn't it? For I remember being so excited <clears throat> by this, mm. Is, and I don't know why. <laughs> See, we just arrived back. I don't understand why we bought. Ke- I remember Kieran Freeman on loan the year before, and he were all right. He never really pulled any chance. I think he might have bought both of them. It doesn't matter. Brayford's back. Didn't really know much about Coots. Out of all the three of them, though, I didn't imagine that it would be Brayford who'd be the one who contributed less to our success. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was. Uh... Three three exciting signings who we didn't see. I mean, Brayford, I don't think we saw the best of again, no. to be honest. He got a bad injury, but yeah, he was playing centre-half at, center at one point. Yeah, that see. bad injury came against Swindon, didn't it, in the, uh, the first playoff <clears throat> yeah. game. Yeah, uh, and Freeman and Coots, I mean, they didn't, uh, you know, they, they were figures of mockery. And I think they, they Coots were both in particular tr- was 
awful. Although I did watch this is this makes me sound so sad. On Christmas Day, I watched a little bit of the uh, five five. The full match were on Christmas Day evening, seven o'clock. <laughs> this is what I. This is what this is my Christmas. Yeah, uh, perfect uh, with a bit like, of cheese and. Sorry, what? Sorry. I said perfect with a bit of cheese and crackers. Yeah, and cheese port, and crackers. Uh, just watch the five all. Five five. <laughs> no, but I did watch. Uh, I was like, I weren't properly watching it. I just like I had a bit of music on. I had it on in the background. Coops were amazing in that game. And I'm thinking, like, maybe I just overlooked him all this time. You know what I mean? He, he played yeah. really well in that match, Coots. Yeah, you've just reminded me of my uh, my wife's friends, a, a Man United fan, and <laughs> I don't know if this maybe they had to break the tradition this year, but every year as a family they watch uh, the whole of the uh, that night in Barcelona. The oh, win brilliant! Over, the win over Bayern Munich, but they actually do it on Christmas Day every single year. That's an amazing oh. idea. I might do that for um, I don't know with the with we'll the five be- all. Yeah, but yeah, or the two-one win away at Rochdale or something. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right, I want to just finish off this section. Uh, part of my research for this, I went back and read Dead Bat's report. Dead Bat, aka Dave Beeden of uh, of the Tufty Club podcast, yeah. and uh, a great read as always. But I want to call this bit out. Um, his shout for Harry Kane here. Um, I'll just read you what he said, what he wrote, which is Kane played up top, which caused problems with his hold-up play and running. Kane at this point was not like the, a total out-and-out striker. He was being used a lot, a lot deeper a lot of the time. Um, he also said, think he will be an England regular one day. He is a proper old-fashioned centre forward, but also has intelligence in his play to add to strength and finishing. Now that sounds like complete captain obvious. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Viewed from 2021, but it wasn't all. Harry Kane had not. He was not the Harry Kane that we know now. He was just starting to get there. Going into that game, uh, he had just eight league goals that season and only 11 in his Spurs career uh, to date. Up I, to that point. I, rem- I don't remember going into this game and thinking, oh, my word, Harry Kane's playing. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it wasn't the one you picked out. Probably Ericsson, but not, not Harry Kane. But I think at the after this, he went on an absolute tear. I think he actually won the Golden Boot that year because he just mm-hmm. he, he was like hat trick, two goals, one goal, two goals, like almost every game for the rest of the season. And then it's just been an absolute machine ever since that yeah, point. I, but yeah, yeah De- Dead Bat absolutely nailed it in his report. I was, you know, that really jumped out at me because it's because it looks odd now. It's been like, I think he'll be an England regular one day. It's like, yeah, all right, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Bold yeah. shout there. But it actually it actually was at that point, and he was still very young as well, obviously. People criticise him. They say he's too negative. But when it comes to opposition players... <laughs> he's got the, the keen <laughs> eye of a professional scout. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, great great to read that one again. And great to revisit this game. I, um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, even if we... Uh, ultimately didn't get through to the final of the competition um yeah any any final thoughts on uh from that one any any other memories anything like that? i genuinely got it and i and i didn't think i would be because you get to the semis i always think the league cup is more difficult in a weird way to get to the final than the fa cup final because of the two leg thing i think mm. over a one leg you can beat anybody i think when it's two legs and you're up against the premier league team and you're a league one side you're thinking they're good they, you know they've got two chances basically aren't they to get it right yeah. Take them that close, and then that Louis Reed shot. I think if that goes in, we win, don't we? We would have done, yeah, uh, yeah, three two up with just a couple of minutes left. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah tings, pride and disappointment, and then sort of frustrate. Uh, probably the most frustrating season as United fan that because we put in so many great performances in the cup, and then we, mm. I think we beat Southampton one nil. And I remember going to the Walsall game the week. It had been the Saturday after the 
that game were on Wednesday, that would have been on Saturday after. I'm thinking, we've just like outplayed Southampton of a top six at this point. Thinking, mm. like, we've outplayed this Southampton team. But now we've got Walsall, and we drew 1-1. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a great shout, actually, as the most frustrating season. Not Obviously not the worst season, but just the sort of just unfulfilled potential, I suppose. We were clearly better than, than the results showed on paper. We clearly had players that could play at a higher level, which they showed a lot of them. And, mm. and it just never, yeah, I think... Clough didn't help with his negative tactics. You know, we played the same way away at Tottenham as he did at home to Walsall, you know, with one up front and what have you, and that never helped. But we had some good players of that era. Murphy, Shea Adams, uh, Coots obviously came in, Freeman, Brayford, people who went on to have Basham, went on to have, like, really good careers at a much higher level, and it just never really clicked, did it? No, it, uh, it did not until Chris Wilder arrived. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that was uh, that was this week's memorable match. Um, yeah, I don't, didn't mean to bring the bring the mood down by talking about a, a draw that meant we got knocked out of a cup competition after. We'll do after a win next Newcastle. week. <laughs> we will do a win next week. Yeah, it's just uh, you know some of these games are, are memorable for other reasons than just. We winning. don't normally win memorable games. That's what United do. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's like the big. If you said to me, "What's your most memorable United game?" You're thinking. We're gonna own. Yeah, you know, what Wednesday at Wembley? <laughs> yeah, Newcastle on the twelfth uh, of January, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great job by anyone who started any new superstitions since the uh, Bristol Rovers game. You you kept it going into Newcastle, and it it, it did its bit. Got three points. Did have somebody say that they. Uh, the first time they haven't listened to us this season was before the Bristol Rovers game, I think. So, I hope he's not listening today. <laughs> yeah, he said he's going to... I think he's going to wait until after the next game before he listens back to wait this Wait until the top loss so. and then... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Tottenham next. They've, they've disgracefully, such short notice, moved it by um, five minutes. Why have they done that? Um, if I had to guess, it's to fit another ad break in on their... Um, TV coverage. That really. is absolutely ridiculous, though. I mean, I'm not bothered. It's five, five minutes, but it's like, oh, yeah. unfortunately, we've had to move the Sheffield United game to five minutes past two. It was like, why? <laughs> yeah, Spurs play tonight, I think, against Fulham. Sure that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, everyone's going to that. Game. Yeah, yeah. So, probably Jose another... didn't know himself that they were playing. And he, I've just, I've just heard his, uh, yeah, I've just heard his uh, interview before I, did, before I did this pod, and he was like. I did not know we were playing, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, we obviously uh, took four points off Spurs last season and and did beat them in, uh, you know, no fans conditions uh, and completely mm. outplayed them. They're a very good team, <laughs> so yeah. that's going to be a tough ask. But, hey, I mean, you know, these two results just... Uh, they just give me a, a little glimmer of optimism that um, you know it's not going to be miserable every single week. Tottenham, are so, yeah, Tottenham are miles better than us. They're going to finish top six. They're better than they were last season. But yeah. I don't think the Man City Liverpool stand or anything like that. We're going to lose. I, I'm ninety nine percent sure of that. But I'm, it's that little bit of hope now, isn't it? Like you say. Yeah. Do you? Uh, sorry. Let me let me finish with this one. Do uh, how much? Um, do you still think we will get the lowest ever Premier League points total? No. Oh, I love it. I don't. I, I think that might have drive us on. I can see a couple more games a bit like that, especially towards the end of the season. I'm hoping, I think I'm running the games we're playing like Everton and some other teams, and I'm wondering if they will have nothing to play for at that point, whereas we'll be playing for this, you know, let's 
not have this awful record. <laughs> hopefully yeah. we'll come to that, and hopefully by that point, you know, we're, we're on 20 points or something, but or even more. Have you seen the back of the uh, Newcastle Chronicle? I don't believe so. What's that? The headline is shambolic, pathetic, simply an insult to the club crest. <laughs> wow, this <laughs> don't even rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, they should be. You know that was disgraceful from Newcastle last night. That was, yeah. you know, it was a, a a shameful setup against a team that are bad and yep. have been bad all season, and they played shamefully. And we, you know, we just smoked them basically, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. We we completely outplayed them and. Yeah, the fact that um, you know the fact that their their fortunes improved once they went down to ten men and abandoned any sort of ambition to attack really really says it all about the state they're in at the moment. All that said, they're probably still going to stay up quite comfortably, which is just it's utterly baffling. But well, but Bruce, there you go. There's another thing where it says Bruce says he will not walk. So no, it's too too lazy. <laughs> A tap in. <laughs> I'll cross them and you put done. an onion bag. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've talked for a very long time because obviously that was uh, that was a game we wanted to give full uh, full appreciation mm. to. Doesn't come around very often as uh, as we know very well this season. Yeah. Um, and yes, we uh, we'll be back after that Spurs game. Where, where can people get the old uh, view from uh, from Newcastle, which they definitely should do? It's RoysViewFrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter. And I do advise people to read this because it is one of the best ones I think I've ever done. Yeah, I uh, strongly recommend myself. Um, if you've got any other memories or details, personal anecdotes, anything like that, you want to throw our way for. Uh, for the two-all draw with Tottenham, please do so. Uh, yeah, at Panchero, at Bladespod, and uh, we will include them in the next podcast. Um, and yeah, we'll be back probably Monday, I think, talking about yeah. talking about the Spurs game and uh, another memorable match. And yeah, let's let's commit to talking about a win. We'll do the a next win. one. Yeah. I think we'll do. <laughs> nice one, mate. Thanks for all your time. It's so so nice to be able to talk about two wins in two games for you. And yeah, hopefully we won't have to wait too long before the next one. Get so, used uh, to this, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's not the worst feeling in the world, is it? <laughs> no, nice one. Yeah, thanks very much, mate. I will uh, speak to you later. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Cheers.